place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars and a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico Oh, there it is, the uh, magic 15 seconds of uh, Long John Baldry, uh, Mexico from uh, 1968. Uh, right, tonight to say from Campeche in Mexico, uh, with all the news from Latin America, I'm joined by uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. Good evening, good evening. 1968 seems like happy days right about now, doesn't it? Oh, goodness it does. Goodness, it does. I've been watching way too much news this week, but uh, you really, you know, it's just hard to. Uh, so many people have said that, you know, you never thought you'd see scenes like this, you know, in colour. They should be in black and white on old Pathé yeah. newsreels. They should not be uh, yeah. happening now. Um, which we, I think we talked a bit last week about the, uh, about the reaction in Latin America to what's happening in, uh, in Ukraine. Yeah. And, and you can hear it on, you know, in conversations, street corners, cafes here. It's very much, um, you know, it's very much the talk of, of the place. It's, it's interesting because Mexico has always been somewhere which has been kind of, I mean, there's lots of problems here, but, mm. but certainly in terms of international strife, it's always been at the edge of things. Really, um, so people feel at one at the same time distant, but for sure feel that the closeness of a potential escalation uh, could be raining, you know, hopefully not raining down literally too soon. But it's definitely, you know, it's definitely reached, totally reached these shores in terms of people's worries, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Now, th there's been a lot of stuff, uh, certainly coming from the southern states of America, I know because my daughter's been covering quite a lot of it, uh, about abortion and, um, you know, the, the people have very entrenched positions on that particular issue. Uh, tell me what's happening in uh, Colombia because uh, abortion's been decriminalised there, hasn't it? Yep, decriminalised uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, now legal up to 24 weeks, which is really interesting, I think, because uh, Latin America is uh, regionally one that has uh, historically some of the most restrictive laws on earth. Um, but what we've seen over the course of the last few years is what's been described as a green wave of feminist protests, which really focus on a number of different things. But I guess, you know, the, the, the arrowhead um, uh, topic with that is is abortion and, and women's rights, really. But it's it's a, it's a much broader topic about women and voices and, and autonomy. And so you've had this kind of gradual domino effect that's been taking place over uh, regionally in Argentina. Uh, the new administration there, Alberto Fernandez, legalized abortion in December 2020. Mexico decriminalized it in September last year. Interestingly, arguing uh, the Supreme Court argued that it was not that it should be legal, but it was illegal to punish people having abortions and uh, and so on. And generally, the, the, the argument that the, the feminist process or that women's rights groups would say here is that it's not as though abortion doesn't happen on the continent. It's that it's a stigma for the poor because wealthy women will go elsewhere to, uh, to have an abortion and be able to access decent health care for it. But really, it affects the poorest that uh, they're not able to, to access that. So you end up having, they still end up having abortions, but they end up being clandestine abortions which leads to you know in, invariably really high mortality rates for uh, for the mother it mm -hmm. seems as though the next on the list could be chile which also has fairly restrictive um 
laws there. But in terms of, yeah, this, this gradual movement towards decriminalization, uh, a number of countries are, are following suit. It still is worth saying that it, there are some countries like El Salvador, Honduras, Dominican Republic and a few others in which it is prohibited. It is illegal in all circumstances to the extent that there's been a number of high profile cases in in particular El Salvador where uh, women living in rural areas who've had miscarriages um, have, are actually doing life imprisonment for uh, the, the murder of their unborn fetus. So it's not as though holistic change is, is taking place, but for sure every time that you know, one country, in this case, Colombia, changes its policy. Um, it, it does seem as though there is a, a gradual opening up of the or shifting of the laws and, and the and the policy vis-a-vis women and reproductive rights regionally. Yeah. I mean, does the Catholic Church say anything about this? I mean, clearly, you know, over the years, it's restricted uh, abortion and uh, frowned on the uh, on the practice, etc. Um, are they uh, are they accepting of this? Has the Catholic Church gone been dragged into the 21st century or what? No, they're emphatically not in. Uh, they're neither quiet nor accepting of it. Um, here in, in Campeche, when the Supreme Court ruled uh, about the fact that it was illegal to, to punish people for having an abortion, uh, black flags were hung from all churches. And um, I mean, I, I think a lot of the faithful are still anti this um, this development of, of laws. But really, as is happening in many countries internationally, even people who continue to have a faith perhaps uh, have their faith a little bit more privately and, you know, there is an ongoing mm. uh, secularization of society uh, internationally, you know, whichever way you, whether you like that or not. And, and the same is true here. So, so whilst the Catholic Church still, still wields huge power and definitely, uh, you know, opines on topics such as such as this on a on a regular basis, um, it definitely doesn't have the power that it that it once had. I mean, even 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, now here's a story that's uh, it's one of those headlines that they used to specialise in in the news of the world. A Costa Rican dog kennel hit by a meteorite uh, has been sold at auction at Christie's. Tell me, tell me about the circumstances of this Costa Rican dog kennel. Yeah, it's almost you know Freddy, Freddy Star hamster kind yeah, of territory. Yeah, it is. But absolutely, absolutely remarkable. And the Alsatian survived. Apparently, a cow didn't. So I don't know quite how. Uh, you know, whether it ricocheted out of the kennel or not, but a small <laughs> wooden tin, uh, kennel in, uh, 2019 in Aguasarcas in, in Costa Rica was hit by, uh, by a meteorite and Christie's this week fetched uh, a remarkable $45,000 at auction. Wow. Although two other things, yeah, two other things that are remarkable about it are, um, the fact that it was estimated or it was projected to actually fetch between 200 and 300,000 uh, dollar. So it was something of a disappointment for for Rocky's owners that um, that it didn't achieve that you know quite that level. But also the fact that the rock itself, because this was the kennel that was auctioned, so the rock was also auctioned and um, and achieved less than half the price. So twenty one thousand uh, dollars at auction at Christie's. Uh, and one of the things which surprised me in in researching this story is that apparently uh, over fifty tons of uh, intergalactic material hit Earth every day. Uh, most of it burns up or ends up in, in the oceans, and a lot of it is uh, is you know, difficult to, to follow up and, and, and find. But that is a you know a fairly significant amount of um, of rock that rains down on us daily.
Wow. Yeah, I'm just looking at the picture of it now. It looks uh, quite impressive. That's the the rock itself, uh, which sold, as you say, for $21,420. I was looking for a picture of the uh, the kennel or the doghouse. Americans call it doghouse, don't they? Um, and I was looking for the picture of that. And uh, I saw. Oh, yes, I can see it now. I saw the. Um, yeah, there's a picture of a dog, but it's a different dog, I think. Um, and then it's I generic. thought, yes, it's a, a generic library image. Of a it dog is with I'm a kennel with a hole in it. Exactly that, except there's no hole in it. I thought I'd seen the kennel, but it's actually a shipping container. It's an advert for shipping containers, which because <laughs> I thought that yeah. looks like a quite <laughs> quite a sturdy no. kennel. There is, there is image, there are images of it, um, freely available, and Rocky is completely disinterested in, in the, the photographs that are being taken. His owners are gleefully smiling at, at a payday, uh, and the cameraman, but yeah, Rocky, Rocky doesn't seem to care. No. Uh, so, um, just on sport for a bit, and you, we, we talked about the Mexican Open tennis, I think we talked about it last week. Our man sadly beaten by uh, Nadal, that's Cam Norrie, uh, our sort of great hope here. Um, but we have, a, we have another hope, don't we? Well, we, we don't have another hope, but I guess, it, I guess in some ways we do, in the sense that everybody has, has adopted yes. uh, Ukrainian sports, you know, and, and, and athletes, sports people and athletes to... Um, to their heart. And certainly that's, that's what's taken place in the Monterey Open this week where Elena Svitolina, uh, from the Ukraine, uh, has been, uh, wowing the, the crowds in Monterey. And, uh, we've seen blue and yellow flags, uh, you know, daily there as she's, as she's played. And everybody's really taken her to, to their hearts. It was interesting also because she actually withdrew from the event, uh, a couple of days before it began, uh, citing the fact that Russian players were still allowed to play and that the, uh, International Tennis, Tennis Federation in particular, but also the ATP and the WTA hadn't disbarred them, but then they, a policy came in whereby Russian athletes could actually play, but just not, you know, under their flag, yeah. uh, as has happened in a number of different sports. So she then rescinded her withdrawal and the, you know, the 15th, uh, she's number 15 in the world, first uh, top seed in, in the Monterey Open. She's, uh, she's doing amazingly well. She's playing as we speak in the, in the quarterfinals. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, a, a country which really would not, uh, Mexico or a number of others, which really wouldn't have, you know, blinked too much at seeing uh, or supporting a Ukrainian athlete sports person a couple of weeks ago is now fully behind Alina Svitolina. Well, that's, that's brilliant news. That's brilliant news. Thanks uh, ever so much, uh, John. And uh, we'll talk again next week, if that's OK. Take care. And you, thanks ever so much. Uh, there he is, top man, John Bonfilio from the Campeche in uh, Mexico. Just